This is a Clark University podcast. Welcome to Moments of Uncertainty, our three-part podcast series that explores how Clark University students, staff, and faculty have responded to uncertainty in the face of COVID-19. It was a year when we couldn't count on anything to proceed as normal, either on campus or in the world, and it was a situation where really the key assets of flexibility and adaptability became things that students, faculty, and staff had to call upon daily. In some cases, complete surrender to external circumstances became the norm on campus and in Worcester. And here in the alumni office, we became curious about how members of the Clark community were coping and what lessons they would learn throughout this extraordinary time in our lives. I'm your host, Kevin Wesley. I'm the Executive Director of Alumni and Friends Engagement in the Clark Fund. And in today's episode, I'm speaking with Bree Smith, who is the head coach of Clark's women's soccer team. Along with being a coach, Bree is also a Clarkie herself. She graduated from Clark in 2001. So Bree, thanks for thanks for joining us today. And we thought it would be great to talk a little bit about the moment and moments that you had of uncertainty um, coaching during this very unusual time. But before we get into that, I'm wondering if you could contextualize for our listeners, what was the season or lack of the season last fall? What could you do and not do as a program? Well, that was uncertain from the very beginning. Lots of meetings over the summer to navigate whether or not we were going to compete as a program in the new Mac and whether or not the new Mac was going to host fall championships. And ultimately they decided not to, but Clark from the very beginning was pretty adamant about allowing us to have an opportunity to at least come together as a program and train. And fortunately we were after meeting several protocol allowed to do that. And it was, I think a lifesaver for, I know for myself specifically, just to be able to get out there and be together. And I think if you, asked the the women that I'm fortunate to work with how they felt about having that space to be together and sort of work through some of the stresses that COVID brought. It was a lifesaver for them as well. So very fortunate we were able to come together three days a week and train, started small group training, uh, worked its way all the way to us being together as a unit and being able to ultimately scrimmage one another against each other, which was actually some of the best soccer I've seen our program play in the mm. seven years, six, six years I've been here. And so we made the most of um, a pretty tricky situation. And I'm very proud of the women and how they came together and supported each other through a pretty tough time. So I'd like to go back to a year ago, as we record this in April, when the pandemic was beginning to really manifest itself and Clark made the decision to send students home. I imagine that from that from that point, um, what it meant to be a coach became very different. All of a sudden, you had a team, you weren't in season, but you had a group of players who were now scattered. And you had, I assume, incoming players whom you had recruited for this year's first year class. So, so how did you begin to think about being a coach under those circumstances? Well, it was just more about, um, you know, we, we call ourselves a family and it was more about just bringing the family together and making sure everybody was doing okay. I mean, each of us have 
our own separate family members that we were worried and concerned about. And so it was just checking in with each of my players to find out how things were at home. You know, we were worried about everyone's health and safety, but we were also worried about the economic loss that some of our players may have, parents um, may have lost jobs and how that was affecting them. And so it was just a lot of checking in to see how everyone was doing. We ended up doing weekly meetings and, you know, unfortunately our program was touched pretty, pretty closely by, by COVID early on. One of my former players and also a former coach and then also another former player, one lost her grandfather and one of them lost her father. So pretty early on, I think in the first two weeks, we had those immediate impacts. Um, and so just checking in, it wasn't even just checking in with my current players, but the alumni and just making sure everybody was doing okay and supporting each other. We hosted alumni get-togethers via Zoom just to check in, see how people were doing. And we did team meetings and we did individual meetings. So it was just, it was really the soccer piece sort of went out the window. It was just more about how's everybody doing. Obviously this had a big impact on everyone's mental and emotional state and just letting everyone know we're here for you. If you need us, please reach out. Don't do this alone. We're all going through this together kind of thing. So we didn't talk much about soccer at all. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're in off-season mode, typically, is there a lot of talk about soccer? Well, actually, we were just about to, the week that we were sent home, we were just about to start our non-traditional season, which is our, quote, off-season training. And so we hadn't been together since the beginning of November. And so typically, we would be coming together and starting to focus on getting set for the summer and getting ourselves in pretty good fitness so that we don't have to do too much over the summer to be ready for season start in the fall. And all of that talk just came to, a, you know, to an end. It was more, we weren't even talking about, I mean, usually when you mentioned the incoming first years, they're usually so focused in on that fitness test in the first week of uh, preseason and how that's going to go and a lot of stress over it. And we pretty early on said, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, focus on yourself and your family and making sure that um, you have the support that you need. But I actually was able to get to know my incoming first years pretty well, way earlier than I normally do. We don't have a whole lot of interaction with our first years prior to them arriving on, on campus in August. And because of the way this all went down, we actually were able to do a lot of interaction with our incoming first years. And all of our incoming first years decided to enroll at Clark, which is obviously was very uncertain for me and for their families. And they all decided to come. So that was great. So did you involve them in these team meetings and, and bring them into the family? Absolutely. Yeah, actually, the NCAA allowed us to do so. And so we took full advantage. And as soon as they gave us the go ahead, we were able to bring them in to make them a part of the team right from the very beginning. So even though it was a different kind of fall season and we didn't get to have that competition, they got early exposure to the upper class players. So that was super helpful to them and just navigating the experience. Now, as I recall, there was also a pretty exciting opportunity for you that had been planned for the summer that also had to go by the wayside. Can you talk a little bit about that? So we actually spend a, a good solid four years raising money to go on an international trip. So every person who comes through our program has an opportunity to go on an international trip. And this summer we were headed to Italy. And obviously we had worked really hard to raise the funds for that trip and really excited about it. We found out pretty early on, <laughs> basically as soon as they made the decision to send everybody home, they also decided to cancel our trip in the summer. And I remember thinking at that time, oh gosh, how, you know, how can they make this decision? We're not going on this trip for several months. And, you know, we were pretty bent out of shape about it. And um, 
reflecting on it now, it, it, it seems pretty obvious that that was the only choice, but it was pretty disappointing, obviously, for the group. So tell me a little bit about the kinds of things you would do in the very late summer and early fall to to build a team. And I, I, I mean that not just on the pitch, but also build the team. It was one of the biggest challenges, excuse me, of my coaching career, just uh, trying to navigate Zoom and how to have interactive discussions and be together as close as we could be together over the internet. And I'm a big time people person. I'm a hugger. Um, <laughs> I like to be with my my team. I like to spend time with them. Uh, and and it, it's hard to do that virtually. I think we did the best that we could um, with all the different kind of programming that we did. But my parents live on a, a lake in Sturbridge and every preseason, the entire team goes to the lake. And we, we have a, what we call a party boat and um, our neighbor has a party boat and between the two boats all the girls climb onto both of those boats take them out to the middle of the lake and have a little dance party and it's 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 so nice it's in the middle of preseason so it's, there's a lot of stress around getting prepped for the season um, a lot of stress to your body and it's so nice to see them sort of just unwind and be themselves and kind of just enjoy and soak up the sun and missing that this year I think for our seniors especially, that was it was tough. It's a tradition that all of us talk about when we come back together that we've started since I've been the co-chair and it's a really special day. So my hope is that I can give these seniors that chance maybe maybe this summer before they head off to the next steps in their lives, just get together on the lake and enjoy it because it, it is a pretty special day. Bonding is something that's really important to our program. I think it's our biggest strength is uh, our team chemistry and how much we deeply support one another and care for one another. And so those in-person connections were greatly missed for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and those were, those were taken away at least from a a whole team perspective. And you you mentioned earlier that initially you had opportunities for small groups of players to get together. So we had to split up into pods. So we had A, B and C pod. So we mixed them. We tried to mix them up a little bit, but we also had to be cognizant of who lived with who, who was spending time with who. So uh, we had we have one particular pod that basically is made up of um, players who all live in the same house. There's a three a three family house that um, two floors my juniors and seniors take up, and uh, then we had another house of seniors that we mixed with some of the freshmen, and then the so- the rest of the sophomores and freshmen were in the third pod. So those pods were interesting. It was tough at first. There were a lot of rules about what we could and couldn't do about touching the ball and being too close to each other. So we had to work our way into passing patterns. We did a lot of passing patterns. Unfortunately, we only had one goalkeeper in the fall. And and fortunately for us, Sid, our assistant coach, is also a goalkeeper. Sid basically had to become a player and was in the net. And we just, for those first three or four weeks, I just remember Sid and Mo just sort of like dragging themselves off of the pitch because they were like beat up, just taking so many reps because there was really only so many things that we could do. Um, we couldn't compete, couldn't go at each other. We can do one v one. So it was a lot of shooting and passing. But eventually we were able to work through those stages and, and bring two pods together. Um, so two pods came together and what the third was separate, which was kind of tough for that third group, just because they sort of felt a little bit left out once we merged the first two groups. And then eventually we were able to merge all three groups. And that was fantastic to just finally all be together, you know, sort of together, but apart. <laughs> we, had, we still had to stay six feet apart for a little while and um, try to make sure that we were following all the the protocols to stay safe. But ultimately, we eventually were able to go um, 11 v 11. You know, we, we were always wearing masks. 
but we worked our way up into that. Uh, there were some rules we couldn't um, set no set pieces because you couldn't crowd people into the box and no throw-ins. So we were just kicking the ball in. We were just, you know, try not to use your head. So there were a lot of rule changes, but uh, to be together was the group was just elated. Now, now Bree, if you can take me back, um, I would imagine as a coach that there are, during the course of a season, moments, right, that are sort of iconic moments, right? The first time the team is together for the first practice, the first time that the first-year students meet the upperclassmen, the first scrimmage, the first game, the first win, senior day, yeah. Alumni Day that you have done in the past, those moments didn't happen. So what were your emotions when you knew that that was about the time when each of those firsts were not happening? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had two pieces pulling at me. There was the, the, the seniors who I just knew that, you know, they're so heartbroken to not have all these big moments. And then there were the first years who trying to navigate this experience to to navigate a pandemic as a college freshman i just i couldn't wrap my brain around how challenging that must have been for them how do you build relationships when you can't actually physically be in the same space and so i was like torn between this group of first years that i you know i'm still really getting to know but i want to support them and make sure that they feel like they've got a space here and that they're loved and a part of the family um, and then I've got these seniors who I've watched grow for four years and uh, turn into these amazingly talented and incredibly smart young people and just so heartbroken for them that they're not able to experience you know, those things that I had when I was at Clark. I still remember my senior day. And so early on, we actually, I tapped in my assistant coach and I and two of the juniors. I said, we got to do something for these seniors. We've got to figure out a way to make it special. Uh, it looks like if things go according to plan and, you know, we don't have any positive tests on the team, we can ultimately come together and have an inter-squad scrimmage. Like, let's do it up. Let's, you know, quote, have a senior day. You know, it'll be different. There'll be no spectators, but it's really about us. Uh, and, you know, we talk about that in the locker room on any given senior day that the only people who really, really care about the outcome of today's game are sitting here in this room right now as we talk and we prep to get out there and we talk about how important it is to us to be our best and to show up for each other and for our seniors. And uh, yeah, so watching them have to navigate, knowing that that wasn't going to happen. We said, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to make it special for them. So we went all out and we had a senior day and we actually um, hooked up the live stream so the parents could watch it from home. And we did the announcements as if there were, you know, hundreds of people in the stands watching and, you know, they did their, tunnel where the seniors ran through the tunnel and we got all pumped up and we had music and we did a big pregame presentation and we did the whole shebang and it was it was so it was unbelievably special to see not just the seniors but the whole group be so incredibly happy it was as if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic we decided that this was going to be how we how we celebrated our seniors um you know we we put them in uniform red versus white um, we had the upper class, the seniors and juniors versus the first years and the sophomore. And there's some debate about <clears throat> the officiating during the contest. Were <laughs> <laughs> you the officiant? <laughs> yeah, I was the offici official who maybe wasn't uh, totally paying attention like, 100% of the time. Uh, there's a dispute about an offsides goal, perhaps. <laughs> you didn't have to issue any yellow cards, though, did you, Bruce? <laughs> no, no. 
No, close, but not quite. I'm just so incredibly proud of the group because the seniors really embraced it and loved every moment of it. But the you know, first year sophomores and juniors, they made it what it was. They really contributed in lots of ways to make it special and to make it feel like senior day. So Brie, with with a season that wasn't quite a season, but you made it a season with all of the the challenges of of loss, both from an intercollegiate standpoint and also from a very real personal standpoint, through a summer of additional loss and worry to the decision to not have an, an intercollegiate competitive season, to the building of these pods of players and eventually having everyone together. So it's it's the cusp of this first intra-squad scrimmage, and it's how you're going to honor these seniors whom you've told me separately mean something to you personally. Um, how did you think it was all going to go? What was, what was your moment of uncertainty? Oh, so many moments of uncertainty. Just so hopeful for their sake that we were going to get there. You know, every day logging in and checking the dashboard, the Healthy Clark dashboard, just like, are we still holding strong? watching the numbers sort of grow in Massachusetts um, and in Worcester and just hoping that that doesn't start to grow at Clark. Can we get there? Can we make it to the end of the season? Can we survive it and make sure that we have this planned celebration come, come to fruition? And honestly, we had debated, we still had one more weekend, one more Friday. We did it on a Friday night, one more Friday night of training. We had decided to do it the second to last Friday night Uh, for whatever reason, we just decided that we maybe wanted to have another week to be together after senior night. And thankfully we did because that other, that next Friday, the kids were already sent home because the numbers did spike at Clark. And, and I thinking about not having that night for them makes me (laughs) like, wow, I'm so glad we were able to pull that off. So Brie, tell, tell me about the scrimmage itself. Tell you, you, you've said it was some of the most intense and best soccer you've seen since you've been coaching at Clark. Describe the action, describe the play of the players, if you would. First, let me just say the level of maturity of this group of women is off the charts. Um, to be able to follow all the strict guidelines and to do it with a smile, I think, under their masks <laughs> um, and be able to you know, do the right thing for each other for the entire semester, I just think speaks volumes about who they are as people. But yeah, I mean, this group of, this specific group of seniors, incredibly smart, gifted. Our team GPA is a 3.8. I don't, I have to make sure I get that in here at some point because it's something I like to talk about. Our team GPA is a 3.8 and these seniors have sort of, you know, it's a legacy that, that came before them, but have sort of said like, this is a part of who we are. We're really, really bright. And we work really, really hard, not just on the field, but in the classroom. And so for them, like to be patient and wait for this opportunity and follow the rules and all that, they finally were able to just go out and play. And there was no, no pressure to perform and be their best. It was just play the game that you love. Here's the opportunity. It's finally here for you to come out and nobody's going to be mad if you make a mistake. The weight of a championship isn't falling on your shoulders. Just go out and play the game you love. And I think just having that freedom to just play, there were no mistakes. It was like, they were perfect. They were obviously pumped and wanted to compete and they have their, their competitive 
beings and they just wanted to play this game at the highest level they could and they didn't have that extra pressure. So they just got out and, and played and it was such it was so special to watch them move the ball the way they did and to support each other the way they did and treat it as if it was a championship for each other. Um I think I think they're five or they're five goals scored in sixty minutes, which <laughs> sometimes you play ninety and you don't score any. So <laughs> um they were having some success. So who won? <laughs> Uh, the seniors, the seniors, um, the seniors and juniors won. Yeah. The sophomore, the freshmen and sophomores might have, uh, like I said, some complaints about the officiating, but. It was... <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what does this tell you about the mind and motivation of athletes and particularly athletes at a place like Clark? Athletes at a place like Clark, I think a place like Clark attracts very mature and motivated and dedicated student athletes who want to achieve in all aspects of their life. But I think they also understand that there's a lot to life and this is just a part of that. It's a really big part, a very special part that is a part of their hearts, you know, super competitive. And But they know that there's so, so much more to life, but they also take advantage of those moments of freedom to be around each other and to support each other and play a game that makes them all very, very happy. Uh, I often say that this game brings together, at least here at Clark, a group of people that I don't think would have become friends if it weren't for this common denominator of an unbelievable love for a game. And it's so neat to see the way that they come together and become friends with these people who I think they may never would have become friends with if it weren't for soccer. Uh, so different from one another, what they what they care about off the field, where they came from, what they want to do after they leave, just so uniquely different from one another, but yet they come together and their bond is, um, is really something special. So I, I think this pandemic just highlighted that this group loves this game and wants to play at their best and at the highest level possible, but they also understand that there's so much to life. They say that they're super grateful for the experience they got to play and compete and they'll never forget, just like I'll never forget those moments of victory. And those are the moments that you remember when you're like I am 20 years out. And so it just highlighted that, that they're competitive, but that the friendships and the family that you make as a member of our program will last forever. Um, the wins and losses, they hurt or they feel great, but they, they fade. The friendships and the family last forever. There's no better place to end than that. Uh, but we do have one question that we ask everyone who participates uh, in the podcast, and that it is this. What does being a Clarkie mean to you? Uh, um, an enormous amount of pride to be a part, I think, of a group of people who care about other people, sometimes more than they care about themselves. <laughs> um that they dedicate their lives to others in a way that is very special. And I, and I think that that is why maybe our team culture, I think is the strongest that I've ever been a part of uh, as a collegiate coach is because of the care for one another is so great that you are willing to sacrifice your own individual benefits to make sure that others, you can lift others up. And so being a part of the, Clark community. And I know that we, that's just the kind of person that is attracted to Clark as someone who wants to, I call us doers. Clarkies are doers. They like to go out and do things. And just as we like to say, they like to challenge convention and they do go out and change our world. And so pride. I'm, I'm, I'm a proud Clarkie. 
Breathe. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to our first episode of Moments of Uncertainty. Even though Clark's women's soccer team couldn't play the regular season this year, they still were able to produce some of the best soccer that Bree has ever seen played at Clark, which is no small feat. Before we conclude, I want to thank two key members of the production team, Cindy Ironson, my colleague in the alumni office, and Ashling Lynch, a member of the Clark class of 2021, who was producer, copywriter, and editor. We hope that you will share with us your own moments of uncertainty at Clark Alumni on Instagram or by emailing us at alumni at clarku.edu. In the next episode, I'll be interviewing Sarah Byrne, a Clark senior, about the uncertainty she faced as a study abroad student last year. See you next time. Engage with other Clark alumni, learn about upcoming events and volunteer opportunities at clarku.edu backslash alumni. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>